Hey guys, it's Keith Montino, your host for Vinyl Drop, and I'm so excited to be talking to you this week about Taylor Swift's Reputation album. Uh, it's the sixth project from her, and it really takes a turn, or marks a turn rather, for her uh, music at this point. Uh, 1989 was such a success, and she was coming off the back of everyone loving every single she did. Uh, the album, I mean, it sold 10 million copies as of now, which is a rare feat. Not every album has a uh, diamond certification. So she really, she took an extra year off too, but she also found herself in the crossfire of what she would say is a media storm, but she she had a lot of public feuds and drama, and a lot of people weren't really staying silent about them because they were like, I mean, whether it's Katy Perry, Calvin Harris, Kim and Kanye West, uh, everyone had something to say about uh, what was sort of going on with them and their personal relationship. Uh, and Taylor Swift found herself for once in her career not really being... Uh, the praised person. I mean, her social media profiles were flooded with snake emojis. I think she sort of, for the first time in her career, felt like the media wasn't on her side that much. Uh, And truthfully, we're going to go through the situations today, but I know my personal standpoint is that she found herself in a lot of drama and then didn't really own up to it. Instead, she created this persona through reputation that was sort of validating all her behavior and making it seem like everyone else put her in these positions, and she's just sort of riding the high of that and doing what she needed to do to get by because they upset her, and so it's okay. Uh, And I think maybe it was supposed to come across as tongue-in-cheek, but I don't think anything Taylor Swift does is tongue-in-cheek when it relates to herself. I think she cares a lot about how these business moves are made. Like I, I think she wanted to make it seem like they were crazy, but also some things that came out sort of show that it was her fault in certain scenarios, but instead of owning up to it, she did do this. Uh, And I think that's the idea of reputation, that she was forced this hand to be the bad guy, um, and she sort of makes a joke about it without ever really owning up to anything. Um, But that being said, it could have been wrapped in this entire package that was flimsy or totally inaccurate. I mean, I... I think the victim complex that comes with a lot of these scenarios is a bit much. It's a bit like, oh, what could I profit off? But I do see the album cover and the album shoot to be one of her best, probably her best um, artwork moment. I like that she stayed in the wheelhouse of 1989 and sort of expanded it with more electro pop. She even played with dubstep, which I thought was interesting. So I really like the sound of the album. And I like that she wasn't afraid to change it up in that way. It wasn't just like the same rehash of material uh and it's crazy to think now that we have an artist who's you know making these hardcore dance tracks or well not hardcore dance but you know what i mean like she really has these dubstep drops and then she also has you know these singer songwriter moments with folklore so it's crazy to actually think that how much diversity she does have in her catalog uh but with that being said a lot of maybe the plot line of this album is a bit flimsy but the material itself i think really holds up so with that, I brought my friend Hannah on to discuss Reputation. She's a big Taylor Swift fan. We look definitely have different views on just her as an artist, I think, because I come from this pop world and she's more, it's, it's all Taylor Swift or nothing for her, honestly. Uh, so with that, let's dive into Reputation. So let's welcome Hannah Rolovsky to the podcast today to talk about reputation. Hi, Hannah. How are you? Hi, Keith. Thanks for having me. Definitely up in my top three. Wow. That's so cool because I wouldn't expect that. You used to be kind of a hater of like just what she did with this album and sort of the sounds she was going. Like you kind of dismissed reputation like wholeheartedly. No, yeah. I did at first because 
I feel like I am guilty of putting Taylor Swift in this kind of box of what I expected her music to be like. So I was kind of really anti-reputation almost at first, but then I listened to it. I think the first song I listened to was This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Things, and mm -hmm. I kind of got hooked on it. So then I ended up listening mm -hmm. to the other songs, and I was like, wow, this album's actually really good. I don't know why I didn't listen to it in the first place. It's not too far off from 1989. I think 1989 is mm -hmm. a better body of work, but sonically, she's not really going into much new ground. I think maybe mm -hmm. she does a little more sing talk. Um, she is yeah. very much a rapper on this uh, album. A rapper? Um, yeah, she, <laughs> I don't know, she she really goes for it on this one. Mm -hmm. But for everyone who doesn't know, like, maybe describe how big of a Taylor Swift fan you are and sort of your perspective. Because I feel like we come from two different backgrounds, whereas, like, I'm a pop fan, so I uh -huh. observe from the side and, like, I souped in sort of when 1989 happened. Mm -hmm. I have been listening to Taylor Swift probably since I was eight or nine. I think her first album came out in 2006, mm -hmm. I, th I think. Yeah. Um, so that one I didn't listen to right when it came out because I was obviously too young. Mm -hmm. But then I started listening to like her, her next few albums as they were coming out and everything. So I was there kind of from the beginning. I always was listening to her. I just kind of had like the emotional connection to her through growing up listening to her music. I couldn't always relate to it because I was kind of younger, but as I got older, I ended up appreciating the older songs even more because I could relate to them more. So I think that's probably partly why I didn't want to listen to Reputation at first because it just felt off from what I was used to from mm -hmm. her. I did definitely shut it down before giving it a chance. Cause like you said, listening to it, it's a lot like 1989 and I love 1989. So I don't know why I would shut it down so quickly, but I'm happy that I gave it a chance because I think it's a whole different like level to who she is as an artist. I think it's interesting because even watching some of the music videos, I was like, it's crazy how she went from like country girl to full on pop star with all these, the CGI and the effects. Yeah. And then she's now back in the woods for folklore. And yeah. it's just like, she's just like doing that whole thing. Yeah. But I'd say what I noticed going in was that this whole entire album and sort of her songwriting after a while just turned into sort of like whatever was going on with her in the public eye. Mm -hmm. um, I think Reputation's a big victim of that. I almost think it might be its weakness just because it's like, like the whole album is basically built around taking jabs and sort of the media sort of yeah. taking her down, quote unquote. But I think she really does take herself so seriously. Mm -hmm. And I almost thought you'd find that off-putting because like I said, we have different perspectives. So it's like when I look at it, I'm like, it's interesting to see like how this album formed as like a pop in and see like the yeah. stardom around it and sort of like the sort of pitfall that she fell into. Whereas yeah. I think you really value her lyricism and like I look at it more through that lens of like this is a whole entire package and yeah. she's like this big pop star. Whereas I think you're like she's so cool to listen to and relate to and like yes. yeah, she's found herself. Yeah, definitely. Like I think that the songs, that's kind of what dictated my favorite songs on the album too. I picked songs that I felt more lyrically mm -hmm. I think, I feel like half the album is what you were saying. It's like her in the public eye and her taking jabs at people or trying to be like this big figure in the public eye. But I think the other half kind of transitions into romantic relationship aspect of what she always has kind of been about. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of cool to see that like in the beginning. I feel like it was the first half was her kind of being like angry and frustrated and making those comments and jabs. And then the second half kind of transitioned into like, oh, I'm, I'm still like, I'm still the emotional, like lyrical taylor yeah. swift that i am from the past this is just like me enhancing it i do is think this is sense? why we can't have nice things comes in at the end and it's like at that point i do feel like get one or two of your jabs in but it is kind of like reheated yeah kanye kim yeah just like again and again and again 
Yeah. I love the gunshots and I did something bad as if she killed them. <laughs> like, I just love the fact that she's, like, that edgy with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think a good starting point for the album would honestly be Look What You Made Me Do. Mm-hmm. Because just everything about that launched into, like, Old Taylor's Dead. Like, yeah. she's going to be doing something totally different with this one. So I am mm-hmm. curious your thoughts because I remember, like, hanging out with you during this time and you were sort of like, what is she even doing? You were yeah. so not into it. Yeah, no, I definitely was not into Look What You Made Me Do at first. It's it's really catchy. It definitely is a catchy song, and it's definitely fun to listen to and stuff, but I was really off-put by it because it was so different, in my opinion, from what I was used to because, mm-hmm. again, like, Fearless is in my top three. I was used to that kind of that kind of vibe, that kind of sound. Yeah. The and more relatable girl, me, I feel. Yeah, and then Look What You Made Me Do came out, and I was just kind of... I didn't... It almost felt like, who who is this? Like, she's... Yeah. It almost, to me in like a weird way felt like selling out it came across that way at first to me in the context of not having the entire album together if that makes sense Mm -hmm. I think just releasing that as a single I was kind of like oh I don't really know how I feel about this and I think that's partly to what put me off of reputation that's so interesting because look what you made me do like it shook the world man they were like (laughs) I want to say three weeks where it was just like whoa and then Mm -hmm. look what you made me do is responsible for the like most um, the biggest drop on pop radio of all time because the song built up with all the promo and then just mm-hmm. like dropped. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about Reputation is that this is when I think she was so big that it's almost like the singles weren't going because everyone had access to the album, everyone digested the album. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at the era, actually, like it's hard to find like the one big hit because like all of them kind of stuck a little bit. But yeah. like, do you know how 1989 had like Shake It Off, like big yeah. hit, blank space, career, yes. like highlight? Yeah. And then you had Bad Blood with whatever we'll talk about bad boys because we have to <laughs> um but then you had wildest streams and they were all i think look what you made me do had the hype ready for it kind mm-hmm. of it didn't bomb but it it just didn't take off mm-hmm. and game missed the top 10 which I... I think is so interesting mm-hmm. um and then delicate is like the only real like hit when you look back at the era loki mm-hmm. it saved kind of her place in pop radio i think mm-hmm. it peaked at number 11 mm-hmm. which kind of sucks for her but it was a radio hit, and that was yeah. the only real genuine radio hit, I think, yeah. in this album. And it was when she switched gears and sort of stepped w- away from making this huge persona out of everything. Mm-hmm. Look What You Made Me Do is a pop culture moment. <laughs> I don't know if you were, like, counting down the days, but do you remember the snake images popped up? And do you know what the snake images allude to? Mm. Like, do you remember the... Okay. I don't. Let's Wait, go through I this. Don't. No, no, no. Not in a bad way, but, like, the whole thing. Yeah. You're gonna... I feel like you're gonna, like, freak out. Because, like, the whole entire era was shaped around... Kim and Kanye. Kim and Kanye. And that Katie I knew. And Katy Perry. I didn't know Katy Perry Harris. was so involved in it, though. Yeah. So she takes stabs on everyone on Look What You Made Me Do. Mm-hmm. But I think we should, just to get started, rehash what the lyrics she's going to like go into are. Okay. Are you down with that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I made a whole web okay. because there's so much information. <laughs> because, okay, naturally when celebrities are like super big, you sort of have... Uh, like a risk for overexposure Mm -hmm. Um, and I think 1989 was such a big I mean you had like four huge singles like Mm -hmm. the album is sold 10 million copies by this point by the end of like this year Mm -hmm. uh, 2017 and it was just huge and so I think people naturally want to like poke holes in things yeah but Taylor's have sort of started poking holes in her own sort of shtick and it all started with bad blood Mm -hmm. so so like did you know that they had a beef Katy Perry and I feel like I do remember briefly hearing about it but I remember more so hearing about um, Taylor and Kanye, mm-hmm. and then later on Kim and Taylor. So mm-hmm. like I don't really remember as much about Katy Perry, but I think in the music video was she like alluded to so Katy Perry. Bad Blood is about Katy Perry. Okay, that's what I thought. And the whole entire charade sort of started with them being friends, 
And then Taylor Swift being on the Red Tour and two of her dancers having history with Katy Perry on her previous tour. Mm -hmm. Katy, I guess, sent out a call. It's not in the way where she handpicked these dancers and was like, leave Taylor's tour and come tour with me. But I'm guessing she sent out a memo and was like, hey, if you guys want to join, we're going on the Prism tour. So then they actually left Taylor's tour to go on the Prism tour. um, Because obviously they're more familiar Taylor Swift on the Red Tour, it's not a lot of dancing. They said that they were low-key bored, which yeah. is kind of disrespectful, but it's like, take it up with the dancers. Yeah. So then Taylor Swift goes on to basically say that Bad Blood is about a female singer who tried to ruin her arena tour. Almost direct oh, quote. Oh, okay. Um, like, sabotage her tour. Yeah. That's sort of how the Left Shark meme was born. Oh, because yeah. Because <laughs> randomly after the Super Bowl, one of Taylor Swift's dancers was dressed in the costume. It's like a whole thing. Yeah. And then in the video, it's... Uh, Taylor Swift versus this black-haired Selena Gomez, and she has a whole girl squad against her. Yes. Uh, And it's all about Loki not liking Katy Perry. Yeah. I don't really know if I I buy into it, to be honest with you. Because I feel like I remember she used to always post on Instagram with this girl squad. Who was in Mm -hmm. it? Like Cara Cara Delevingne was in it. Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez was in it. Mm Mm-hmm. Was, they it, took bullets was Kendall for her. Jenner in it for a little while? I feel like she was like in and out, but yeah, so she dipped. It was as yeah, as her no, sister. it was it was people like that, and I just feel like it wasn't. I don't know. It felt kind of fabricated to me in a sense. They all kind of fell off, and I haven't really seen that group since. So that's kind of mm-hmm. what makes me think that it was kind of just for show. Yeah. So Katy Perry wrote a tweet out when all of this was happening with Badville, and she said, "Watch out for Regina George in sheep's clothing." Oh my gosh! And that's how <laughs> the "Look what you made me do" hook line of like yeah. Like the burn book reference where she's yeah. like, I have a list of names and yours is in red, red underlined. underlined. So that I thought was really interesting because she's taking jabs there. Mm-hmm. It's all essential because it bleeds into the entire album and the entire yeah. arc of like what reputation is and what she's fighting. Yeah. So then the VMAs in 2015 roll around. Nikki didn't get a nomination for Anaconda and she's just like, why are there no black females in the category? Bad Blood has all these nominations. She didn't directly mm-hmm. say Taylor's name but she was like, I guess you need like the records and the things to get the nomination. So then Taylor Swift is like, I've always supported you. It's unlike you to pit women against each other. Like, maybe a man took your slot. And then Katy Perry's like, finding it ironic to parade the pit woman against the other woman argument as one capitalizes on it. Basically just like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I said that correctly, but she's basically like, you're literally capitalizing on hating me while telling Nicki Minaj that she's pitting other yeah pitting women against against another woman yeah so then it blew up this is when it was like i feel like i remember that actually yeah i remember seeing the tweets obviously love taylor swift but at the end of the day she's always been someone who capitalizes on anything that's going to make her bigger Mm -hmm. make her more money make her keep her in the spotlight almost she's done it on multiple albums where she's capitalized on certain even like political issues to try Mm -hmm. and stay relevant so i think that she's just she takes things and talks about them when they're relevant to her and when they're going to help her. But then at the end of the day, she will kind of like turn a blind eye if that also is going to help her. So I think that's exactly what she's doing here. And she's done it many times before. Mm-hmm. So like she's turning a blind eye to what she's doing with Katy Perry. But then at the same time, she's trying to be like, oh, girl support girls kind of thing because that's what everyone would expect from her. So I feel like she's almost kind of, I feel like she's always kind of, been seen as someone a part of the feminist movement but at the same time she kind of is like on the back end of it like she wasn't one of the forerunners so she kind of uses it to push herself forward more Mm -hmm. and the thing is too like i know we're talking about reputation but in lover like the song the man how she talks about how like she would be like so much farther ahead in life if she were a man instead of a woman and stuff it's like she's again capitalizing on the like the whole men in society are like pushed above everybody else and like being a man would be so much easier and I have it so hard because I'm a woman and blah 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 but again she still capitalizes on 
pinning girls against girls and pushing down on people yeah. and kind of taking these jabs and stuff because it does still help her. So it's yeah, kind you're of right. like the it is a little bit hypocritical, but she I've noticed she does do it when it's benefits her and she capitalizes on it all the time, I think. It's so interesting because a lot of her fans would be like, she's like the best. Like No, like she's like do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, so you're it's right. interesting that no, you're saying this because a lot of people are like, no. I would consider myself a Swifty, but I'm mm-hmm. not like a crazy Swifty where there are people that I feel like are so diehard Swifties that they're just like Taylor can do no wrong. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. Everything she does is there are like, they're perfect. dangerous. Like there, there are actually people like that, and there are people that if she gets called out for something, there are people that will come for your throat. Like mm-hmm. the Swifties are are scary. Mm-hmm. So I think it kind of does bother me because I feel like maybe those those that age group might be a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. I feel, and I've been like kind of growing up with her, so I kind of almost expect more. In a sense yeah. where I, like it does kind of bother me because she's supposed to be an idol and like a um, like a role model to mm-hmm. girls and young women and stuff. And I feel like doing those things, it sends confusing messages and stuff. Yeah. So I just, it does kind of bother me that she she's so hypocritical and like back and forth with when it's okay to do these things and when it's not okay. Do you remember what happened with Calvin Harris? I don't know. I don't really remember. He had like a... She references it in a different song. He had like won an award and he didn't like thank her or something. Is that part of it? Mm-mm. No, it's not. So is that this else? is what you came for by uh, Calvin Harris and Rihanna was ghost written by Taylor Swift. And she oh, created a, okay. a pseudonym because she didn't want the success to get in the way. But then the song was doing really well. So they broke up. She's dating Tom Hiddleston at this at this point, And she yeah. releases statements on TMZ and stuff like her rap. And it's just like Taylor Swift ghost wrote this song. Like basically like all thanks oh, to her. Okay, it's okay. kind of big. And okay. it's basically to kind of belittle Calvin, mm-hmm. and it works. So then he goes on a tirade on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Please focus on positive aspects of your life because you've earned a great one. I wrote the music, produced the song, arranged it, and cut the vocals. And initially, she wanted to keep it secret. Hurtful to me at this point that her and her team would go so far out of their way to try and make me look bad at this stage. I know you're off tour and you need someone new to try and bury like Katie, etc. But I'm not that guy. Oh my Sorry. Gosh. So wow. then everyone's like, it's true. That's so direct. Yeah. And then Katy Perry comes out with Witness and she releases mm-hmm. her entire catalog the same day that her album comes out on Spotify. So this beef um, is just going yeah. on back and forth. And in the midst of this, Kanye's dropping famous. Their beef started at, at the, the 2009 VMAs. Yeah, the 2009 yeah. VMAs when he like literally took the microphone from her and was like, yeah. oh, Beyonce should have won. Yeah, which was um, so dumb. He yeah. lost so much from that. Yeah, because but then I think that, that's where... It, the line stems from that like he made right doesn't he say yeah that? yeah he yeah the line is something that he made her famous yeah and, and he could, like i made that mess. yeah he made i made that famous <laughs> that's when kim got involved too right because then he she was upset that he wasn't she wasn't asked about it so basically what happened was the song dropped yeah and everyone saw the taylor reference and everyone was like whoa connie didn't say anything about it but taylor was like shocked and upset she was yes, like yeah she was like, why is this? Like, he's still taking jabs on me all yes. the time. She wins yeah. album of the year. She makes the whole thing dedicated to people who tried to stop her. As like, basically as a feminist, like, just don't let men, like, try and dictate yeah. what you should do or take away your achievements right in front of him in there. So then Kim is like, I'm not having this. Like, yeah. he literally called you and you said it was okay. Yeah. And then the well, first statement uh, from E.T. as soon as this started happening was, Kanye did not call for approval, but to ask Taylor to release his single Famous on her Twitter account. Her rep said she declined and cautioned him about releasing a song with such a misogynistic message. Taylor was never made aware of the actual lyric. Taylor's like, that never happened. Like, I didn't know about any of it. 
So then Kim mm-hmm. is like, I have the video of the phone call. So I'm just going to mm-hmm. post it. Um, my perspective from Kim Kardashian personally is that she's not the one to mess with. Yeah, she's kind of scary. <laughs> I think she, I think Taylor Swift plays a sort of passive aggressive game, but Kim is the one who's like, oh, like, I will just end this. Yeah. So we just watched the whole, like, video. Phone call. So it's like a bit crazy <laughs> that she went on the Grammys and was, like, shocked and upset. I think, again, because it's another situation where if she, she could capitalize in on it and she'd have people that would go for other people's throats. And she knew that people would probably. I mean, I'm assuming she didn't know the phone call was recorded, obviously, because she must have assumed that if she had said, oh, I had no idea, people were going to believe her kind of thing. I think she was shocked. Imagine being there that night when Taylor Swift found out that it was all going to, like, be online. She probably freaked out that Kim just was like, I'm going on Snapchat. I think it's so funny that Kim recorded it, but... I mean, I guess I see why because it was, no, they it was have... for a documentary actually. Oh, like, was he it? Was just documenting oh, all the just... sessions. Oh, so it's coincidence. So it is coincidence. Wow. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But I think she just definitely was gonna try and capitalize on it and be like, "Oh, Kanye didn't tell me, and I'm I feel yeah. so disrespected, and I'm hurt, and blah blah blah." And then that video comes out, and it's her literally saying, "Thank you so much for telling me. I appreciate yeah. it." Like, oh, like it's kind of a compliment. That's kind of crazy that it's such a one eighty. It's and then her rep and her was like, "He never told me about the." I made that bleep famous line. Like, he never told me that he was calling me a, like, bleep. You know what I mean? But that's not the story that she spun out at first. So it's like everyone caught her It's trying to catch up once she's already behind. The whole thing is that this led to people being like, the press being like, what are you doing? Yeah. Her career wasn't over, but, like, everyone was like, dude, like, you need to calm down. Selena Gomez was out there, like, insulting him, throwing herself in front of, like, all these girl squad members. And it just sort of came to the point where she didn't really own up to anything and said she was like, that's how we got to look what you made me do. Yeah. And the reputation era. We've been talking about it a while. I'll probably condense this a little bit. <laughs> but it's important because it's like instead of owning up to it, sort of, she ma- mm-hmm. she came up with the whole entire persona. She said no interviews for the entire era. This yeah. is reputation. I think, um, wasn't there a long time too before she released reputation? Wasn't there uh, like a she long She waited an break? extra year. Yeah. So I think it's it's interesting too that she waited so long. I think she was really trying to calculate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She was trying to really think. And I know Taylor Swift is a like a very good lyricist she can bang out songs Mm -hmm. no problem so i think she really was trying to very carefully pinpoint what she was going to say and what she was Mm going to do and i think it was a really calculated move on her part uh look what you mean you do even in the first line it's like um i don't like your tilted stage and connie has a tilted stage like every single thing in her i didn't know like i always credited her with being a good lyricist but it slipped my mind that she is so pointed and everything has a relation to an old lyric or like a future lyric and it's just she is a really good lyricist yeah she really is what do you think of now that we've gotten here look what you mean you do as a song um it's it's okay i i I know you we have different opinions on it i don't think it's that amazing of a song i really don't i think it's it's really catchy, mm-hmm. and I definitely think if she wanted to target Kanye, she did a good job of that. But I don't necessarily think it's a good song, and it definitely wouldn't make like my top my top four like on the on this album. Mm-hmm. Do you think I it's for the bottom? I mean, even that song alone, it turned me off of the entire album itself. Yeah. So that on its own kind of says a lot about the song. Kind of, I guess, how I felt about it, and I just. It was too, it felt so like angry and so pointed and calculated and stuff. It just didn't feel like what I was used to. And it really turned me off her for a little while. So I just, I just really am not the biggest fan of the song. I mean, if it comes on, I'm going to listen to it. But I just wouldn't, I don't sit and like 
and think, oh yeah, this is one of my favorite songs. I love this song. Yeah. She did so great with this song kind of thing. I loved the pop culture moment around it. And I mm-hmm. thought, I really like the whole German synth pop or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I liked the instrumentation. I love it. But it is very like, I realized today I can sing Me Too by um, Megan Trainer over the chorus. Mm-hmm. It's so similar. Yeah. And that was something that I caught. So I don't think it's the most amazing song looking back, but I will yeah. say I loved the electro pop. I was like, wow, she's really yeah. going for this pop star thing and like she's nailing it. Yeah. Moving into the album. Mm-hmm. I have like top four. Mm-hmm. So for four, this is why we can't have nice things. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Oh, no. I knew you were going to be shocked by that one. Because, but I think it's because it was the first one that I listened to that got me into the album that I kind mm-hmm. of, not connected with it most, but it kind of made me, I feel like a lot of people go through situations like the song kind of talks about where you're just involved in like a toxic kind of relationship kind of thing. So I feel like it is pretty relatable. But in that song too, she also does a few digs at um, Kanye lyrics. Mm-hmm. Like with the um, Here's a Toast to My Real Friends is a yeah. dig at a line and I think the song, his song Runaway, I think. Yeah, maybe. Is that the song it is? The whole song is about so her throwing is, parties for everyone and just yeah, being like, it's, wow. Yeah, like, it's back to that. But I just like, also just like the sound of the song itself. So that's probably why I'd say that's in one of my one of my top four. I know it's probably not many people. It gives me Annie's but, like a hard knock life. We'll listen to it in the car after <laughs> this, but it's literally like very similar. I mean, yeah, I could, I guess I could see that, but I think it's I a bit juvenile. And, uh, but here's the thing. I, it's not my low on the album. There's yeah. other songs that I've listened to less because I actually think the chorus is catchy. I yeah. do think by that point in the album, kind of like you've talked about this already, like I'd hope That's we could true, move on. It does come up but on the later half. Yeah, but I think because you dove into it, I get why it would be up there. And plus it's like, I don't know, she's not really doing these like piano-led songs a lot. Like it yeah. is kind of like whimsical in a way. Yeah. So, so I see it and I, I could see that. I don't think, it, like, do you think the singles that they chose were appropriate? Or do you think it's, like, weird to lead with? Because I think Look What You Mean Me Do, even if it wasn't the best song, made sense to lead the album. Yeah, and then the next one was Ready For It, right? Mm-hmm. So, Ready For It, I don't know. I don't think that was a good next choice. I don't know really? what I would have done instead. But I think, yeah, I could hear it more on the radio than some of the other songs. Mm-hmm. It's a good song, but I feel like it's really repetitive. No? I love Ready For It. Ready <laughs> For It's one of my favorites. It's in my top four for sure. Um, Number two. I just and think... it's... It just has, like, this bombast to it. And I think it's, like, I can't go not, like, if this, like, I'm going, like, 90 listening to this song because it's so intense. Yeah. And I love the the instrument. Like, I'm not one for yeah. Taylor Swift's, like, rapping. Like, her mm-hmm. little, she clears her throat in the beginning. She's like, <clears throat> look, like, she's ready to rap. Yeah. Um, But I love the, the flow of it. I think the chorus well, is catchy. Yeah. I think it is, it is really catchy. But I think, I feel like you have to be in a certain mood to want to listen to it almost. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I feel like it's so intense and it's so kind of, I feel like it is very in your face, mm-hmm. the actual production of it. A lot of people said it was reminiscent to 1989, but I don't get 1989 don't, vibes really I don't at get all. Vibes More than look no. what you made me do, but it's just since. Like. Yeah, I don't. I really don't see it lining up with 1989 at all, actually. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, you just have to be in a certain mood for it. Like, it is really catchy too. And I guess I, guess I could... It is a good song to play on, on the radio and, like, get a lot of attention to the album. But personally, I didn't put it – I wouldn't put it in, like, my top. I so, love it. I know. I know you love it's, it. It's a great <laughs> pop song. I think what's interesting, though, is that most of the singles were the ones where it was, like, rap heavy. Like, I could see yeah. someone thinking that she was going to sing Talk Her Way through the entire album because you had Look What You Made yeah. You Do, Ready For, and then Endgame. Where she, yeah. like, comes in in the bridge uh. and she's like – Bang. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm. maybe this no, is no, a good time. A good, that's a good point. Maybe this is a good time to talk about Endgame. Is that one of your favorites? No. Okay, <laughs> okay me so neither. Endgame is my low point. 
I'm, I'm, oh wow! Yeah, and Good. he was literally my low point. I love that because honestly. okay, the features Taylor Swift doesn't feature frequently. Mm-hmm. She features a lot. The on money ballads, hungry Ed Sheeran. I noticed mm-hmm. she her features are always on ballads. It's always like these like duets that are like emotional and kind of talking about like either something really sad or like love or something or whatever. She doesn't ever really have someone come in and like rap mm-hmm. on her songs unless she's rapping too. Yeah, which I guess <laughs> technically she did, but I feel like they they feel so random in the song and it, it makes the song so long. Do you realize the song is so long? It feels yeah. like it goes on forever. Mm. And I just I don't know, Ed Sheeran also like him rapping is kind of Well, he does that a lot weird. and I never liked I it. I never really I never realized he really did that because I don't really know Ed Sheeran. He like too he like well. started doing he like that was like but, his thing. He's like I have the guitar and I rap. Yeah, I'm not really <clears throat> personally a fan of that, so I just feel like it it was kind of my low point. It just didn't it didn't do anything. It doesn't for land me. like they thought it would. Yeah, no, it just really didn't do anything for Future's me. Future's a lot for Taylor as well. But, like I wouldn't expect yeah. that pairing at all ever. Well, it's kind of funny because I actually like when. Before I listened to Reputation, I used to listen to Endgame a lot, mm-hmm. which I know you know. It's so funny. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, it was the pushed song. Like, it was then, out there. Yeah, it was. It was very pushed forward. And now that I've actually seen all the other songs in the album as a whole, it's definitely, it's my low point. It's yeah. my low point on the album. I just, I just don't think it compares at all to the other songs. One thing about Endgame that I find interesting is the fact that they play on the A-Team lyric, when A-Team is actually about, I believe, someone overdosing. Yeah, I think right? it's about... And I know it's a signal to Ed Sheeran's first song. Yeah. But it's just funny that we're like, oh, they eat, like, class A. Like, it's just like, bruh. Not a good look. I will just say it on the podcast. Like, I do think Ed Sheeran's a bit unsufferable in the media. And I think he makes a lot of quotes about Taylor Swift and their friendship and how they're Mm -hmm. both these powerhouses in pop and how they know how to sell something and market something. But I don't know what reputation precedes him at all. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? No, you're right. I don't... Like, he's like, we're the best of the best. But I'm like, I don't really see the similarity besides no, the fact you guys probably talk about your numbers and stats together yeah i don't think and i think even <laughs> when ed sheeran was bigger before i don't think he's anywhere near as big now as he used to be but even then he well, divide was huge he, he just took a nosedive a little bit yeah he's playing off the weekend i now. still don't think though that he was anywhere near matching taylor's level at yeah all. even with divide i don't i really well, don't think so as a swifty I'm sure you won't be shocked to hear these stats, but Taylor Swift is the... F- guess how many copies, like, the last number one album of this week sold? Like, a thousand statistic. Like, guess what you'd think across the whole entire country. Um, maybe, like, a million? Oh. Is that high? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. We're talking, like... In one week? We're talking, like... And it's it's all streaming equivalents now because people don't buy a lot I of physical copies. True. But it's, like, 70,000 we're talking. Oh, okay, okay. 80,000. Yeah. It's only been going down. Okay. Taylor Swift has sold a million copies in a week with four mm. different albums. Oh, geez, with four. I think maybe even five. Folklore didn't do it. Lover reached 900,000. Uh-huh. But Reputation is actually her highest sales week of all time. After when the hype of 1989. Yeah. A million point two three nine or something mm-hmm. million copies, which is unheard of. But she has that stat since um I believe Speak Now, right? So we have Speak Now, mm-hmm. Red, 1989, and, and Reputation. Reputation. Oh, I guess maybe yeah. Fearless too. There's no way. Fearless was before Speak Now. I don't Maybe it is four albums, not five. Yeah. Unless I'm missing an album, but I know four no, no. like six hundred thousand or four hundred thousand or something. But no, she has those stats, mm-hmm. so no one's really competing in the same lane as her. Yeah. And I think she knows that. So that's why when she does things like points fingers at bad blood, it's just like, why are you doing that? Yeah. Like you don't need to prove yourself. Yeah. But anyway, so one of my favorites, besides the more obvious choices that we've, you know, talked about mm-hmm. together, 
uh, I really like Call It What You Want. And when I was looking at the album, Me too. when I was looking at the Me album, too. I was like, what is the song that I feel like is like really good that I turn to that's not really this the huge pop song that's yeah. just like the blaring synths the and I think call it what you want honestly I get why she used it as like a promotional track mm-hmm. and I really think it's a beautiful song and it kind of yeah. like my like the way she's singing in it it's like sing talk but she sounds like actually like she's like emotional about it yeah and yeah I think it's a really good end of the album sort of moment yeah I really like call it what you want too and I feel like she in that song um I feel like she takes a big I mean she does it in some of her other songs but she takes a big step where she used to Listening to her her old album, she always talks about her relationships very publicly. She's always been so public, mm-hmm. and everyone's always been in her business and always knowing every detail of what's going on in her life, and she displays that completely in her songs. And Call It What You Want, I feel like, is a very... It's a very, like, the person, her and the person kind of doing their own thing against, like, the public kind mm-hmm. of thing and not caring what anyone has to say. And, like, when it comes to uh, Joe... How do you say his last name? Alwyn. Alwyn. Mm-hmm. Like, their relationship is so private, mm-hmm. and I think... I mean, obviously, for a lot of this album, she's talking about him. But I feel yeah. like I feel like that's why I like the song so much because she's taking that like different approach to it, kind of being like, like I don't need to talk about all the details of my relationship. I just like you could say whatever you want about it, but like I'm good with where I am mm-hmm. and stuff. So it was like kind of a cool, different light that she was looking at it in, and it was different for me to see. But I think that's why I liked it because mm-hmm. it was like I don't know. I think it's a really strong song. Too. I feel like it sort of broke the fourth wall of her being this like. I mean, it is a bit of the victim complex sort of thing, but mm-hmm. I think it works here in the way that it's not so figurative and pointed. It's like, dude, like, I'm actually not in the best spot right now, but, like, I'm going to focus on what's right in front of me yeah. finally after getting all of this out of my system the entire album. Yeah. Like, I'm ready for that. And I thought, I like the the fact that the drums are powerful, but they're also a little quiet. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like a little accessory and she's just getting yeah. something off her chest. So I think Call It What You Want is a really beautiful song, and I actually turned to that a lot. Yeah. I love that song. <laughs> I think it's interesting, though, because Reputation does it a lot, and that was mm-hmm. the whole thing. It was sort of about what her name was. And like I was saying with her writing, it really went toward this arc of being like, this is, like, my life as you see it, too. Mm-hmm. And I think Lover did that, and then it was like, okay, we need to back off from doing... And I think Folklore was a really cool change of gears for her mm-hmm. because she started writing about different things and yeah. just them differently. Yeah. And I think Lover was when everyone was like, okay, like, we tap out. Like, you can't yeah. be doing the same thing again. Yeah. But anyway, what do you think of So It Goes? Because um, I actually listened to this song a lot more than I thought. And yeah. it's not in my top four. But I think it's a really pretty song. And every time I bring it up to people, they're not, like, here for it. And I think it's yeah. actually kind of seductive. It's, like, new for her. No, I actually, I was debating putting it as my low point Why? at first. Because, okay, because I sk- when I would listen to Reputation, that would be the one I would skip. Endgame oh. and this one I would skip every time. I don't know why. I just, like, it didn't hook me in the mm-hmm. beginning. And then I started to listen to it more. And I don't really skip it anymore now, but it kind of sounds to me like, I know she wrote this one first, but doesn't it kind of sound to you like Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince? A little bit. It sounds Miss Americana isn't similar. out of her wheelhouse from like two years ago though. Yeah. Like Miss Americana is very, um, Lover is very tailored by the numbers yeah. in a bad way. It's kind of just lacking something for me. I don't mm-hmm. really know what exactly, but it just like, it doesn't do it for me. I just I kind like of don't. Version. I think they're actually, it does symbolize something in the album though. Um, I could have just been a fan theory, but I remember when the album dropped, everyone mm-hmm. thought that I was separating two halves of the album. No, because I Because then actually, she falls in love after that, and it's yeah. like, gorgeous, getaway car, because now I'm seeing it all written out, but Dancing yeah. With Your Hands Tied goes back to something else. It shifted the album from being kind of more drama-centered, more, like, calculated, to her being, like, emotional and, like, talking mm-hmm. about her feelings about Joe and everything, so, like, I feel like it was a, was the transition point, 
But I did think it was weird. I feel like this is why we can't have nice things and like delicate. We're in the wrong spots of the album. Oh, see, delicate's a bop. So I think they wanted it at the top of the <laughs> no, album. No, I think that's I think that's probably why they put it higher. But for the way that it's split, mm-hmm. I feel like they should right. be swapped. They had too many songs about the same thing, so they shoved. This is why we can't have nice things as a celebratory thing on the bottom. Yeah, I see why they to did break it. it up. But you're right because delicate is more. But also delicate should be at the top of it because it's basically her finally opening up to someone. Like the whole song is her sort of like getting yeah. to the point where she can sing so it goes. I um, guess it's true. That's a good so point. So I actually liked the sequencing of it, but it is, I think they wanted, this is why we can't have things to be more of a general celebratory moment, whereas it landed not like that. Yeah. Going back to the top of the album, we have Ready mm-hmm. For It, and then we have Endgame. So we mm-hmm. have those two songs. I think Ready For It's a powerful opening. We know how we feel about Endgame. Yes. They thought it was the star-studded affair that was like going to end Lady Marmalade and like be like the biggest thing ever, and it wasn't. I did something bad. What do you think of this one? I like the switch up of the sound from the, Endgame. Like, I don't like oh. Endgame, but then I like I did something bad. So I feel like it kind of shifted oh. the sound to more like what the rest of the album is going to sound like. Because I feel like Endgame is the oddball almost. It kind of doesn't really fit. For me, I don't think it fits in oh, as well. So, it fits sonically, but just the features don't. Yeah. And it talks about her reputation. Like, it, it feels like an essential album cut, Loki. Yeah. That's why I didn't put it as a bottom. Yeah. I, as a bottom. As the <laughs> bottom. Because I felt like it did sort of have a place even if I didn't like it. And I think yeah. it is catchy. Like, I get why you would yeah. be like, oh, you know, it does have a chorus. Like, yeah. <laughs> you I think, know? I think, though, I did something bad kind of sets the tone for her. It's like, it's more it's subtle. So it's so camp the... and dramatic. Yeah. And I love it. Like, I did something bad is actually my third favorite. Your as third soon as favorite? the album dropped, I was like, whoa like i don't yeah. know why she's like adding gunshots to this song about you know calvin harris and connie West. she's calling them narcissists when yeah. she says that and she's yeah. sort of playing up this whole image as if she's like they're making her seem crazy yeah i think it's very clear that taylor's in the wrong with those situations but it's weird yeah. because i'm almost like looking at it and i'm like taylor like this is a bit this is clownery but i'm also like i think the song is so fun and i yeah i like what she's doing and the da 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 like that thing mm-hmm. she described that that was actually her just saying that randomly yeah and, and she then just Max Martin in. was just like okay let's like bring down the pitch because she was like I just want this noise and I want like the yeah. and I just love that because like yeah. that gets so stuck in your head yeah like, that does. is such a good hook Taylor Swift mm-hmm. plays with dubstep a lot more than you'd expect because yeah. she sort of was on the trend with 22 and I knew you were trouble but mm-hmm. then in 2017 she like dubstep is not in trend anymore yeah it definitely was in 2017 we see flourishes now but like she has it all across this album between I did something bad, uh, King of My Heart, and uh, yeah. there's one other one. I forgot. I, I can't think about it. But it's on the album a lot. Yeah. Do you listen to this one in your free time? Like, what do you think about it? I did something bad. Mm-hmm. No, I really like. I really like it a lot because I feel like it does set the tone for the rest of the album. Kind of, it, it sets up like what the sound of the rest of it is actually going to sound like. Mm-hmm. So I do listen to it a lot. I didn't put it in my top, but I do really like listening to it. Um, I think more it's than a lot of well. the other ones. I think it's also a good like sort of like like what you said where it like sets the tone of the album. Yeah. I think track three placement is a really good spot. And it honestly on my first listen way years ago I was like, and game's a dud, but I did something bad. Yeah. It brought me back. Yes. What's another favorite of yours? I love Dancing with Our Hands Tied. Really? That's, yeah. I don't know. That snuck what up it on me when the album came song, out. But I just I just think it's such a strong song. Like all around. I feel like the lyrics are really good. The production's really good. Her vocals are really good. Like, I just feel like, I don't know. I just feel like it's, like, a really well-rounded song. And I just, I really enjoy listening to it. And I will literally never, ever skip it. I just, like, I listen to no. it in full every time. So, I don't know. I just, there's something about that song that I just, like, I just think she did really well on it. I did. I went through a phase with it. What do you think it's about? Because I looked it up and I realized, like, it was about something different than I thought. Yeah, I kind of thought that it was, it was kind of that, 
she felt pressure in the public to kind of be in a certain way when she's mm-hmm. in a relationship. So kind of like having to fit into the certain molds and like not having to lose the person kind of thing. That's kind yeah, of what I thought. That because, is exactly what it's about. Yeah. I simply thought it was just about having a bad feeling entering a relationship for some reason. I could see that though. But it is much more pointed yeah. than that. What I thought was interesting is this is when I started looking up more of like who they were about. Yeah. I was thinking like a lot of these songs when it came out were about Calvin Harris for some reason, but these are all about Tom Hiddleston and I forgot he existed. Yeah. So the breakup ones are about Tom Hiddleston and yes, I totally, because, I don't know when he jumped ship. Yeah. Well, he, between the Kanye's, like, I don't know. Tom Hiddleston the, is who Getaway Car is about. Mm-hmm. But that's so, who Dancing With Their Hands Tight is about as well. Which is kind of weird almost. Tracks. Well, I guess that kind of makes sense because then if in Getaway Car, like, She's saying that she kind of, she literally says that she used, like, you should have known I was basically using you to get out of another relationship, which yeah. I'm assuming would that have been with Calvin Harris? Was he the mm-hmm. one right before? Yeah. So he he was her gateway to, her. to get out. Everything's yeah. a vehicle no. for her. She's scary. <laughs> Honestly, no, this is making you realize how scary she is. Okay. She, no, she's, yes, she's scary. So I guess it kind of makes sense that, like, every time that she's in a relationship, it is very public and everything. So, like, she was only, she says she was only using him as an out, but then she felt the pressure from the media to have it look a certain way. So they're kind of like dancing with their hands tied mm, kind of thing. Yeah. But then well, she also doesn't like want to let go way. because it like was her way out. Like it was her way to like escape. The- what became apparent to me was like, I think the lyric like, I'm a mess, but I'm the mess that you wanted. It's kind of about her like falling apart. But I also think the way she sings it is kind of creepy. She's like, mess, but I'm the mess that you wanted. Like, <laughs> like I don't know, that blank space character. Yeah. But- like psycho girl energy. Yeah. And that's so interesting. So where is that? Is that like your second favorite no, of the album? No, it's my top. Oh, that's your number one? Yeah, and then Call It What You Want would be my second. Wow. I couldn't really decide, but I just, I don't know, the, the sound of Dancing With Our Hands Tied, I just think it's all together, like, taking everything into account of the song is just such a strong song for me that I just, like, I just said it was my top, and then Call It What You Want was my second. One thing that I was happy about mm-hmm. now hearing this is that Gorgeous wasn't in your top No, before. it's not. It's because not. my low point for the album, I really is debated gorgeous? over this. Mm. It's gorgeous. What? Okay. It's gorgeous. Uh, New Year's Day. I don't really like New Year's Day either. It's just not necessary. Um, so it was gorgeous New Year's Day uh, or dress. No, dress is in my top four. So <laughs> I debated over it, and I think the ultimate low point is New Year's Day because um, as of today, I checked like my play count since like mm-hmm. four years ago, and I, I listened. This is my most played Taylor Swift album. I've listened mm-hmm. like five hundred plays. Like I've never listened to New Year's Day once in full. Really? Until today. Because I, I get so bored. Yeah. This album is not, call it what you want, no. is the perfect closer. Like, literally, it wraps up everything. It shows where she's going to go next. And then you have New Year's Day as a shoehorned in ballad that fans really hyped up when yeah. it came out. And I was like, you guys just want her to sit by a piano, right? Yeah. Like, no, what I, is this doing for her? I said, too, that it was just, it just had no place on the album. It made no sense. Like, I guess, I guess her point was that it was at the end. So it's like, oh, look, like, yeah. everything's resolved, kind of. The drama that's at the first it's half. Red. It's not like, at the end of the I mean? half. Yeah, yeah. So it, it just like didn't feel in place. And I feel like it, if she really wanted to do that song, it could have been better on a different album. Mm-hmm. Like it shouldn't have it been. It could have fit on Lover maybe because that was a bit of more of a hand, handful. It could have been on Lover. Or like a I more said acoustic it one. I, could have, I was thinking folklore. I think she put it there to be intentional because she wanted to, sh- it, it was almost like, oh look, the bitterness is gone. Like I'm kind of like literally cleaning up after New Year's Eve. Yeah, like yeah. cleaning up the mess. And like she talks, you know, about parties a lot throughout the whole mm-hmm. thing and like being a mess or whatever, whatever. And she's cleaning up and everything's yeah. like happy and she's I good also, and whatever. But I just think it doesn't make sense. Like it doesn't, it, it, 
It's the only one. It's the, like it doesn't have to exist and the album would be yeah. better. No, I agree 100%. And I think when I also, I think maybe it was put there for security because she wanted to make sure there was a ballad for people who are like, she's taking this pop thing maybe too far. Who yeah. don't want the synths maybe. That's another thing that I thought when it dropped because fans really like hyped it up as if it was yeah. like this lost like, oh my God, it's like the best. Because it did like skyrocket yeah. on iTunes when the album dropped. And yeah. I was so confused by that because it's just not a standout yeah ballad alone like even on a project like that it just feels like a dud rather than an essential portion yeah because i could see it i could see it like you're saying them trying to target maybe even people like me with that Mm -hmm. song kind of people that have been with her for a long time and are used to her singing those kinds of songs and they wanted to add that in so that they could be like oh hey look we still did we she's not gone this is just you know she's just having her moment right now kind of thing yeah but i just like i Kind of like you said, I looked at this album more as a whole mm-hmm. at this point, and I just feel like it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Honestly, call it what you want does what it needs to do. Yeah. Endgame makes more sense in this album than New Year's Day does. I just, I just don't yeah. like Endgame, so that's why I put it as my bottom. But mm-hmm. New Year's Day Fair. was, was also close to being in my bottom too, because yeah. it, I just don't think, I don't see the need for it. I understand why they put it, like your explanation makes sense, but I just, I don't. It's just like it, not. It just feels so out of place yeah so i think that is like maybe my number one low because i don't give it any it's just indifference for me like i don't give it the time of day yeah gorgeous is just retreading blank space through and through it basically is the lyrics are sloppy she's happy but she's like look at your fate like it's just like sloppily written could have gone to another artist and not done well i think it's It's not a good song the lyrics are very simple and it 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 almost sounds like a train of thought Mm -hmm. which she's usually doesn't do because usually Mm -hmm. her lyrics are very like well thought out and stuff that's the thing it's like a bit sloppy yeah and and like you can do lighthearted in lyrics at work but it's just like this wasn't the album for like throwing that in i think um gorgeous is in a different place but i think no offense but this is why we can't have nice things i see the appeal but i'd say that's more of like like a goofy track like i hate the word goofy, I get what you but mean. it's a no, bit I more get, like it does this, is this like really and then there's endgame and i feel like those are the ones where it's like what are you doing but i think endgame yeah. maybe feels more essential than new year's day so that's why it's my low gorgeous is another one where i'm just like i feel like and they threw this out as a promo track like i just don't mm-hmm. see the likability in it and people love it but i'm just like this isn't cute and then dress i don't like her falsetto I like dress. Her falsetto has why. never been something for me. I don't even think I I don't want to live forever, which I forgot existed. Literally, mm-hmm. not even a pun. I forgot that <laughs> I don't want to live forever existed. Uh-huh. But that was a big success for her. I mean, I liked it because the actual like message of the song was different than what she usually does. Mm-hmm. Like Taylor doesn't usually do I guess as bad as it sounds. She doesn't really do lustful songs. Yeah. And that song was So very... it goes is another one in my opinion where yeah. she goes there. So dress is definitely very like that lustful kind of like vulnerability yeah. secrecy kind of thing. So mm-hmm. like I think I like it for that reason because it, it's a little bit different than just her being like the emotional connection to somebody. It's mm-hmm. just that different take on it. She she never writes songs like that. So I think that's kind of what drew me to it. And I guess I get what you're saying about her falsetto, but I just like the song. I don't know. Yeah. I like it as a whole. I, I think like that works. the falsetto thing is a personal grudge, so that's yeah, why it's not my low. But that's another one that I never really um, understood. It, I never I get it more because it falls in line with the album but I never handpicked that one just yeah. kind of like New Year's Day but New Year's Day was blatant I was like I've, I've never listened to this song yeah. for more than 30 seconds because I'm just over it I yeah. only listened to it when, when I had to listen to it for this because I needed to be able to talk about it but I, I usually also do not listen to it I skip it when it comes on one song that I thought was really good um, that I almost debated like I don't know I just listened to it a few times and I was like this is actually really like well rounded just mm-hmm. good pop song it was Don't Blame Me it's like it's not super pointed 
Yeah. Um, it, it kind of does, like, I feel like her classic lyricism almost. Mm-hmm. And then it sort of has this electropop, like, undertone, which I'm a sucker for. Like, if any artist goes in an electropop direction, like, I will jump on it and yeah. figure out if it's good or not. And, like, that I thought was a really effective package. Could have been yeah. a single, honestly, if, if we were, like, five singles deep, like, 1989, I think. Um, yeah. It's a stunner. It's, like, a good one. I, like, don't blame me a lot. I was close to putting it in my, like, top as well. But I, I don't know. I just, I feel like it's not for me as strong as some of the other songs but mm-hmm. i do think it's up there as that's being how one i felt better ones. like i don't see anyone being like oh this is a this terrible is, song yeah like, it's actually a really like well-rounded yeah i was like wow she really put like i it just stuck out to me because there was yeah. no glitz and glam around it it was just like a good song yeah. it was well written i would still be surprised though if that was somebody's favorite song. oh number one yeah. yeah it's just a good album track yeah or potential single when you're you know out of the high highs mm-hmm. uh king of my heart i love the motown beat thing because it's like what are you talking about uh, I like the dubstep. I think it's an interesting change-up. I think it's daring because, like I said, dubstep's kind of out of fashion, but, mm-hmm. you know, she's Taylor Swift. She she brought it back. Yeah. So I find it funny. I just picture her in a studio being like, I want the dubstep on it. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, everyone's like, Taylor, we're not doing that anymore. And she, yeah. like, does it. I like the um, the fact that she has... It almost feels like she does, like, a few a different kind of sound for, like, the verses and then the pre-chorus and then the chorus. They're all kind yeah. of, like, each have, like, their own separate sound, but they work really well together. The backing and, vocals are also yeah. really good. It's a very, like, even affair. I will say there's obvious lows, and then there's, like, one or two. I mean, we have different highs. Yeah. But I do think, like, I just, I love Delicate so much. Yeah. I love the vocoder on the chorus. Well, no, I love Delicate, too. It's Delicate's just so also good. there, but I just. Let's talk about the video for Delicate, though, because she's just cosplaying Sia in The Dancing Children, right? You're right, she is. I didn't I... like it. Like, I was like, why'd you do this? Yeah, I thought, like, I okay, so I watched all the videos, mm-hmm. and I thought that one was my favorite out of all them because the other one's just like I don't know I was I was like what is all the CGI that she's doing it kind yeah. of freaked me out like That's I didn't thing. think she did it well I don't think they were executed well I thought look what you made me do was really good with the setups well, I thought I it was liked, crazy that she took so many direct stabs yeah I liked in look what you made me do I liked the bridge where she had all the different versions of herself mm-hmm. and she was like and one of them on was them. Kim Kardashian and she was like yeah like I liked those kind of post this later I was like I, <laughs> I like those kinds of things like in the music video the more like, point, like, that are kind of pointing to something else, like, yeah. when they actually have, like, meaning. But I felt like the other parts of that video made no sense. But in Delicate, I don't really, like, it was my favorite of the four, and I think they stuck with the theme really well of kind of having that moment of, like, freedom almost. I feel mm-hmm. like that was kind of the vibe of it. But I get what you're saying. It is kind of based off of Sia. The choreography yeah. kind of was weird to me because mm-hmm. she doesn't really dance. So it was, like, a lot to see her being having that kind of choreography in her music videos. You know what I mean? Because the choreography in the other music videos was kind of like, it was just like meh. It was like easy moves that she could do. So then in that, I was kind of just like, oh, I don't really know how I feel about her. Endgame is just them in different cities. Yeah, which was weird. You guys aren't the ones like to flex like, oh, you're in Tokyo. Like, I don't care. I didn't like the title cards. Mm -hmm. I thought it was weird. And like, the part with Ed Sheeran was so odd to me because they were just, it just seemed so awkward. Yeah. Like the, the filming must have been so awkward, but like. I just don't get it. I don't know. I didn't really get it either. Ready for it was a dumb video. Ready for it, it was so confusing, but it's just oh, I have CGI and budget. Yeah, no, genuinely. And she, yeah. And I don't know if it was her trying to be like, oh, look, I'm breaking out like of this mm. metaphorical box. Like literally, yeah. she was in a box, but like mm-hmm. if she was like, okay, like you know, it's gonna be this whole thing. Like get ready, like this whole big thing. I don't know if you noticed though in that music video on when she was walking up the steps, there was. Um, written on the steps mm-hmm. they're burning all the witches yeah and i was like Whoa. she put a bunch of anecdotes in the video yeah. that signaled to the album yeah there was I, some track i tried to watch well. back again to see if i could find any more i was just like mm-hmm. i wasn't i guess wasn't looking as closely because that one was very very in your face and i noticed that i was like whoa that's kind of cool like i like when artists do that they reference their own stuff 
within like music videos or other songs and stuff. Yeah. So like I liked that part of it, but it just like I didn't understand how the like alien space supernatural yeah. CGI thing. I think Taylor Swift. We've talked about this off camera a lot, and this is not a diss, but I think Taylor Swift is a really, really strong lyricist, and she's a really strong yeah. artist. But I feel like when it comes to visuals, I almost feel like she has a big budget, but she doesn't necessarily have these huge concepts that really yeah. translate well. Like Blank Space worked, but it was kind of like I think Blank Space was probably one of her best mm-hmm. um, music videos yeah. because I I just I don't understand the one's reputation. I just don't yeah. even I like don't Into get Lover. It. It's like me was a lot, and it's just yeah. like I can tell you have budget, but it's like I'm not really seeing much of a visual yeah like performance that really makes sense yeah. Uh, one thing I will say about Reputation, though, is it's my favorite album cover from her, and I loved mm-hmm. the art direction. Um, I think the font, like, a lot of people had something to say about the font when it came out, but I think it works. Mm-hmm. I think she even could have gone from a tech, gone with a textless shot from the shoot. She has this one where she's, like, guarding her eyes. Mm-hmm. I really loved, like, every image from it. I thought the slicked back yeah. hair look was really new for her. Yeah. And I thought they landed with that completely. Like, the art direction was the best, and she's never had yeah. these big, it ties into the visual thing, but she's never had these big, like, amazing photo shoots for yeah. her albums or these big no, concepts, right. like... It's all very mundane and yeah. Well, I mean, for her earlier album albums, obviously she was a lot younger and she was mm-hmm. a lot newer to the industry and stuff. So those are kind of more like the innocent yeah. looking covers. After Fearless, and I'm kind of over and, it though, because yeah. like Speak Now, she's just in the dress. It could have been the Fearless album cover, and I would have known a difference. That's very true. Red is very is basic. Really Red is yeah, just a close up of her face. It, wor- it works though, but it's just like I don't yeah. Know. And then 1989 is the Polaroid picture, which right? actually is very effective. Mm-hmm. So they're not bad. They're just not, like, pushing anything. I think Reputation yeah. was the only one where I was like, oh, she's going for, like, a real... I yeah. guess next 1989 concept. But I felt like folklore being in the woods was very, like... I could have dreamt that in my head. Yeah. Like, not... It's not hard. When Same I first looked Evermore. at that album, I didn't even notice she was on the cover. So, <laughs> like, that goes to yeah. show. <laughs> yeah. It's just very, like, oh, you're making a singer-songwriter album, and so you're going to be yeah. outside in the woods. It's yeah. just black and white. It's, like... I think there's only one song that we didn't touch on yet, and I know you like it a lot, Getaway Car. I... I like it, but I don't. I I think I liked it at first because it was it was one that I had kind of heard a little bit before I kind of listened to the other songs. So at first, I was like, oh, like I really like Getaway Car, but I don't really think it's up there on her. Wow, I thought you would songs. love it. A lot of people thought no, it was going to be like the fifth single or no, something. Not I, that they go that deep, but I do really like it. But I think that I was kind of listening to it. I was listening to it again today, and I felt like. Her vocals kind of got hidden almost. It didn't really feel like... It's produced like a Jack Antonoff song. He has this... Uh, well, it's just him. It's called Bleachers. Mm-hmm. And it's a very him song. It's not a very Taylor song. The lyrics yeah. are, but the... Um, oh, we did talk about Getaway Car a little bit. Because we talked about sort of what it was about. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. But like, as a song, like, I will say, it did always not strike me as like the most Taylor Swift song yeah. sonically. Yeah. And I think too, I just... I didn't like the actual vibe of what she was saying in the song. Mm-hmm. Like, she, she basically is saying like... Oh, you should have known I was kind of using you to get out of my other relationship. And that's yeah. literally the only thing this song like, is Like, no one about. feels bad, man. So it's kind of like, at first I think I liked the sound of it. But as I listened to other songs, I was like, okay, this song's actually not as good as the other songs on the mm-hmm. album. I'd put it probably just kind of in the middle, maybe the lower middle. Yeah, if I were, I'd like, put it in the same spot, it. yeah. I wouldn't say it's, yeah, I wouldn't put it in the bottom. Comparatively, it's not, it's nothing special. All in all, how would you rank Reputation out of 10? So... I would probably give it an 8 out of 10. Wow. Which is high. I know that that's is high. high. And that's, I feel like that's big coming from me. But I would say that because I feel like there's so many songs that are just so well done and they're so powerful. And I only really have like maybe 
two or three songs that I'm kind of like, mm, mm-hmm. And you about, wouldn't even say those is, are like zeros or anything. Yeah, no, I wouldn't even put them as, I would just say they don't really, like like with New Year's Day, it doesn't really make sense there, mm-hmm. but I still think it's a good song. It just doesn't make sense on the album. And like, So It, Go- so it Goes is good, but it's not like my favorite. Mm-hmm. And then Endgame, I just I just don't like Endgame. So yeah. like I would say that's that probably the one. Yeah, honestly. I would probably say that's the one that's like the lowest, but that's probably why I'd rate it that high because it's just, I think just looking at the album as a whole, I think it's just done so well. And again, it's like in my top three albums out of all of her albums and everything. So I feel like, I, I feel like it's, it's you know, it deserves a high rating. I'd give uh, the album a seven personally, mm-hmm. um, which I just think it's a good pop affair. And I agree with most of what you're saying. Like, I just think she made a good pop album again. Yeah. I think 1989 is still like the crown jewel per se. Mm-hmm. But I do think I come back to reputation more strangely. Yeah. And there's something about it that for me just aligned more. I think it's the electropop in it <laughs> because it's more prominent. Yeah. Whereas I think 1989 is a little more like fleshed out. I think if you liked Red or you liked yeah. that, it, it would sort of be good. For that I mean Fearless, I guess. Yeah. But um, <laughs> reputation is just like, oh, like this is like electropop. This is like dance. Like it's just good at the gym. It's good in the car. Like. Yeah. I feel like I also liked the media storm around it a little bit. I don't mm-hmm. really fully agree with it. But yeah, I don't know. Reputation's, I guess, probably my favorite Taylor Swift album mm-hmm. next to 1989. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a good a good effort. I'm curious to see if she's going to stay in this box that she's in right now, which is a sort of like singer-songwriter, yeah. a little more folky storytelling. Yeah. I'm curious where she's going to go from here. Yeah. Um, where do you think she would go well, as a fan? I mean, she obviously right now is still rewriting her songs mm-hmm. so are re-releasing oh my gosh yeah. that's what i meant re-recording yeah i'm curious <laughs> um, when she's gonna release another album it's gonna be a while because i think she wants to get these all done with first because didn't you say she's going in order of the ones that made the most money right so she fearless made the most i think and then red has all too well on it so that's a big one for people yeah. well, that it's gonna draw is the in biggest a lot one. of attention but 1989 i don't it's think it's newer yeah, it's so new that I think she's doing her older ones first and then she's going to go back to that. Because I think, is Reputation the first one she does on her own? Mm-mm, Lover is. Lover? <laughs> Ew, okay. It's Lover, Folklore, um, and Evermore are the only ones that don't have the label attached. So is she going to do Reputation again? That's the thing. Like, I don't really see her doing Reputation. I don't think she should. I don't think, I think that would be a good move. I mean, the whole Scooter Braun thing is a whole different conversation, but I think she wants to make money in this situation. And yeah. I just don't think you're going to get the... I think she might hold off. Yeah. I think she might drop another album whenever she feels like it and come yeah. back to... Because she already recorded 1989, but I think she might come back to Reputation like later on. Yeah. Maybe well, with the debut. I just don't see why she, she should because it's so new that like how much is your... Yeah. your how much is your voice... Like as a fan, that's what I would hope... I mean, I know that's not what she's doing before, but that's what I hope she would do. Like That's how I felt with Fearless that she made it... She made the songs better. She enhanced mm-hmm. them, like her lyrics... Um, her voice her popular. voice is stronger and the songs were more powerful in a sense mm-hmm. so like that's why i feel like it was good that she went into that album but i don't see a point in doing reputation it ju- it, it it came out what yeah. four years ago so that's i think she's gonna soon. wait two years maybe you think? 1989 yeah. i think she's gonna i don't it's another thing where it's like 1989 is a pretty timeless but it's also very new still yeah so i'm just really like new. a re-recorded shake it off it's just gonna sound the same and you're gonna work with the same producers and that's yeah. fine the whole point is to sort of be like don't stream this because they're making money like I want to make sure that it's, like, all in my, like, wheelhouse. And I guess do what you got to do. But I just don't know how well these things are going to actually – I think fans will buy them. But I think when Mm -hmm. it comes to the ones that the general public is actually going to run to, it's going to be mainly mainly the older ones for 1989. No, I definitely agree. The other one at least. Yeah. But, yeah, so I guess that was Reputation. Yeah. Um, It was fun talking to you. Yeah. You should come back. Yeah, it was fun. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) 
Alright guys, thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Vinyl Drop. Stay tuned for new episodes every Friday on WSOE. And if you want updates, you can go follow the Instagram page at Vinyl Drop Podcast with one P. And then you can head over to Spotify and you can find a playlist which has all of the music that we rated highly on the show as well as a compilation of every episode we've done. Uh, With that being said, I'll see you next Friday. Thanks for tuning in.